Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing Standing on the Promises. And then when we all get to heaven, Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. My Savior has my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all Shout the victory while we walk the pilgrim pathway. Clouds will overspread the sky, but when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be! When we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. Amen. It is good to have you in the Lord's house this morning for worship. Let's open up with, with a word of prayer. Ask the Lord to come and meet with us. Father in heaven, we come before you and we claim the promise that where two or more are gathered, there you are in our midst. And we rest in that truth this morning as we have come to worship you. And I do pray that you help each of us to lay aside the chaos of the morning hustling about and help us instead to focus in, meditate on you, that it may be you that ministers to our souls as we exalt you. We thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. our hope in life and death. Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence? That our souls to Him belong. Who holds our days within His hand? What comes apart from His Christ in which we stand. 
Till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe. For the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. And the church of Christ was born, and the Spirit lit the flame. Is Forrest going to stay home, take care of the farm? No, he's going to. So pray for them if you would. Good to see Kelly back. Uh, She's recovering from surgery. And uh, continue to pray for her. I saw her. She was coming in. She was moving pretty slow. Absolutely. Yes. Debbie. Debbie's back this morning. I was looking over there. Yeah. Absolutely recovering as well from surgery. So we have three ladies this morning. I mentioned that Sunday School Mary is back this morning. Is this the winter of surgeries? Is that the deal? Everybody's getting it done before spring, right? So so you can be out there running through the forest. Um, Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, if you would. We're going to read verses 1 down through 9. But the real focus of my message this morning is verses 4 and 5. Uh, title of my message this morning is Finding Strength in Weakness. Finding Strength in Weakness. And we find that God inspires the Apostle Paul to jot down some things for you and I to draw from. Things that are part of his life and all of our lives that remind us that in and of ourselves, we're pretty weak. But we find our strength in our Lord. He enables us. He strengthens us. He guides us. He empowers us. So many things that we can say about him helping us deal with all the things of life. Um, every once in a while, I, I'll, I will be talking to a Christian who will say to me, I just don't understand how I could have ever made it without the Lord. 
Or they'll say, I don't understand how other people make it without Christ. And for you and I, it is such an integral part of who we are to be able to reach out to the Lord and to talk to him and pray to him as he takes us through whatever circumstance we're in. Uh, last night and again this morning, Holly Oak called me on my phone and her little boy, Garthen, Garson, Garthson, I've got to combine the THS all in there. Garthson, he's in the hospital over in New Hampshire. Uh, they were over visiting family and he ended up in the hospital. He's got pneumonia in one lung and a virus in the other lung. And uh, I think he's maybe three years old, three years old. Uh, so pray for him. But as I was talking to her, you know, she's, she's talking about prayer. She's talking about uh, her faith and trusting in the Lord to watch over her little boy. It's an, it's an important part of our lives that at the weakest point, we remember our strength is found in him. So look with me and listen as I read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 on down through 9. This is the third time I am coming to you, and the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I told you before and foretell you, as if I were present the second time, in being absent now I write to them which heretofore have sinned, and to all other that if I come again, I will not spare. And it's interesting, those couple verses there, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's being very straightforward with them. He says, I have come personally and dealt with your issues. Now I'm writing the third time, dealing with your issues. And if I have to come personally, he says, when I come, I'm not going to go easy on you. So it's kind of interesting to hear him being so straightforward with the church in Corinth that he's taking care of business. Comes down into verse 3. Since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you? Except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil. Not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and ye are strong. And this also we wish, even your perfection. Let's ask God's blessing on his word. Lord, I pray that you be with us as we go down through these verses. As we draw from it truths that help us to find our strength in you during the weakest times. Help us, Lord, to be bold in our faith and strong in our faith. Not blown to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but ever true to your word and to your presence within our hearts. Be with us as we look in these scriptures. Speak to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
As we come to verse 4, there's a couple things I want you to see in verse 4. First of all, he emphatically states that we are weak. You and I, it's part of who we are. But he also goes on in the text and he talks about the power that we can have in Christ. And it is ever so important for you and I to understand that there is that ever-present weakness in each of us. Listen to verse 4. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him. So what God is doing here is he's reminding us that Jesus Christ took upon himself the form of a man. He took upon himself, he left heaven above, born of a virgin, he took upon himself humanity, the weakness of humanity. In fact, it's that weakness of humanity that allowed him to die on the cross. It's important for us to understand that Christ willingly went to the cross. He had all the power of God because he was God, but he himself took upon himself the weakness that you and I endure every day of being a human being. So he's reminding us here that Christ physically took that weakness and was willing to go to the cross. First Peter chapter 3 verse 18 says, For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened in the spirit. And so we're reminded that Christ laid his life down. He took that weakness of the flesh. He was willing to die in the flesh that through the power of God, he might be quickened, brought back to life in the resurrection to reveal to all of us the present power of God. Now you and I, we bear every single day the weakness of who we are as a person. We are just the dust of the earth that God gathered up, blew the breath of life into, put into us a spirit. That's who we are. But we tap into the power of God in our daily lives. We don't want to live in the weakness of the flesh. We want to tap into the strength power of God, the very same power that resurrected Christ. And that's what he goes on to say in verse 4. He says, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. But we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. It's important in our recognition of our weakness that we see the need for the power of God. If we don't recognize our own weakness, we can't tap into the power he offers to us. Look with me, if you would, over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to walk you through a few verses here that just help us as Christians to understand the need to recognize our weakness. Because if we're not careful, we begin to think that we are so much. That we are ourselves, our own God. That we are in and of ourselves, our own power. And that's exactly the opposite of the scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, listen to verses 7 on down through 10. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, to profit all of us. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. 
to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, for unto, unto another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of things, of tongues. That all these that worketh the one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he, as he will. So he's showing us in this text, reminding us in this text, that we tap into the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it is the spirit that enables us and guides us. Because in and of, of ourselves, we are not our own God. In and of ourselves, we are not our own maker. We're not self-made people as much as the world may want us to think so. But we are struggling. We are dealing with all the time that dust of the earth, that frame that is weak. Uh, certainly as you get older, when you're young and strong, we'll take like Kelsey's going through the state police, just went through their physical training, now he's more in the classroom training, right? But Kelsey's at the, he's at the height of his strength of his life. How old are you, Kelsey? 27. 27 years old. I mean, he can almost leap over tall buildings. <laughs> but you know what? 27 turns to 37. When you still can leap over small buildings. <laughs> then 47, when you know you can't leap over buildings. 57 when you're worried about tripping in front of the building. <laughs> 67, when you're walking carefully by the building. You know, age happens to all of us, doesn't it? And we realize that this is weak, that we need the Holy Spirit to give us the gifts of life. And he lists off for us gifts, spiritual gifts, because we in ourselves are weak. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Listen with me again. Verse 7 on down. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. Paul's saying, unless I be puffed up in myself by God giving me these revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. He's, he's reminding us. As much as God has given him the gifts of the Spirit. As much as God has enabled him to do the things that he needs to do. He says, I also fully recognize that I have been given weakness. I have been given a thorn in the flesh, he describes it. In fact, he goes down and he gives a little greater detail to the whole thing. He says in verse 8. For this thing I besought the Lord three times. Thrice. That it might depart from me. And he said unto me. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect. In weakness. I want you to listen to that again. God's response to Paul saying. Lord please remove from me. This weakness in my flesh. This weakness in my life. And God said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. We each need to understand that truth. That in our weakness, we tap into the strength of God. 
Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You and I in our lives, we wish to have no infirmity. We wish to have no struggle. We wish to face no battle. We wish to go ahead and never face defeat. But that's not real life, is it? That's not real life. There are times when we lose. There are times when we trip. There are times when we fall. There are struggles that we face. And God says to Paul, he says, I'm not going to remove your thorn in the flesh. I'm not going to take your struggle away. I'm not going to take that weakness from you. I'm not going to go ahead and remove that battle. Why? Because in weakness, you're going to find my strength. And you and I in our lives, we can't let those things that come into our lives defeat us, knock us down. We have to reach up and look for God to lift us up and give us the strength to face each thing that comes our way. Because there will be things that come our way. Amen? Amen. There's nobody in this room who is going to avoid the struggles of life. They're real. But God wants to give us the strength to go through them and overcome them. Paul is reminded of this battle. In fact, turn with me, if you would, over to Romans chapter 7. He talks yet again about his weakness and his struggles. Romans chapter 7. For a minute there, I thought I lost the book of Romans in my book. But it's there. It's right there. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. Does that ever happen to you? You keep going, you keep looking, it's not there. But I know it's there. Romans chapter 7, look down with me if you would at verse 18 and listen to what he writes as God inspires him. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, we do face those battles. We do deal with those weaknesses. Just as the apostle dealt with his he says, you know, I, I really never want to find myself doing that which I shouldn't. But he said, I still find myself doing it. Who's going to give me victory over this? Who is going to give me victory over this sin that is there in my life? And he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Part of recognizing 
our need to let God empower us and enable us is recognizing our need. We have to be careful that we don't start to think ourselves so invincible that I don't need God to help me. I'll be okay. I'll be fine. It's kind of like little children. You walk up to the street and you got a little three-year-old and that three, four-year-old, they just want to go. They don't, I've, I've reached down to my grandkids when they were that age. Now they're this age. But I reached down there and I've had them jerk their hand out of my hand. I can do it myself. No. No, you can't. Because I'm not telling your mom I lost you in the street. <laughs> You're going to hold my hand and we're going to go. Because they're not yet ready. They're not able. And it's hard for them to understand it. And for you and I, sometimes we hear so much about, you know, all the affirmation and, and positivity and build up and build up that before we become a little bit self-deluded. Paul says, lest I think too much of myself. He says, God has reminded me through this little thorn in my flesh. And God's told me, no, I'm not taking it away. That weakness is going to show you my strength. And he comes down through here and he reminds us that every time he faces spiritual weakness, his victory is in the power of God. He doesn't say, well, I just got to buck up. He says, listen, I've got to reach out. Thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And you and I in our walk, we have to be like a Joseph who understands that when we're faced with things that reveal our weakness, the sins in our lives that so easily beset us, Joseph told the rulers, his master's wife, he said, listen, you want me to sin against my master and my God, myself, and I'm not going to do it. You and I, we have to remember, the lives we live glorify God and should glorify God. And they should be a life that is empowered by God. It's not that we're so good or so mighty or so strong. It's that he is able to help us deal with our weaknesses. Remember, as we go back to our text, 2 Corinthians, look with me at verse 13. Look at the second half of verse 4. For though he was crucified through weakness, Christ took upon the weak flesh of man. He lived, he was resurrected by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. You and I, we have to live with Christ. It should be, he is more to us than just religion. He is more to us than a cross on our neck or on our, or on our ear. He should be more to us than a uniform that we may think looks Christian or not Christian. We have to live with him in us and through us as the reflection of God. Look with me at Romans chapter 6 if you would. Romans chapter 6, listen to verses 8 on down. It says, 
Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. He's not talking about physical death of going to heaven. He's talking about living here. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he's not talking about the you and I that are dead in Christ and that we've been buried. He's talking about you and I that are dead in Christ and that we say to ourselves, I set myself aside that Christ might live. That is where our life as Christians abides and thrives. Romans 6 verse 13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And I love the word instruments in there. You and I reckoning ourselves, giving ourselves over as instruments of righteousness unto God. And there's many instruments, aren't there? If I, if, I, if I was talking to a chemist and I asked him to bring out his instruments, the instruments of his trade, he'd bring me beakers and torches and clamps to hold things and his the instruments of his trade are entirely different, aren't they? Bill over here is a contractor. If I asked him to talk about the instruments of his trade, he might talk to me about excavators, bulldozers, or maybe the carpentry side. He might talk about hammers and saws and who knows what. Robbie here was an electrician, right, Robbie? Before your diabetes took you out of the trade. But if I asked you... What were the instruments of your trade? You could talk to me about bolt meters and, you know, how you put your tongue on a wire to see if it's live. <laughs> you know, all those things. That's why I don't do wiring. <laughs> but all through this room, we have all different people who do different things to make a living and they have instruments of their trade. Here, God talks about us. And he says, you and I are supposed to be an instrument of righteousness, a tool for God to use in this world for righteousness. Literally, he wants you and I to be shined up, sharpened up, buffed up, charged up, whatever's required, that we might be the proper instrument for God to use. In ourselves, we are weak. But through him, we can be used to make a difference in this world. But we have to decide. Am I going to continue to abide in my own weakness? Or am I going to go ahead and let the power of God enable me, guide me, strengthen me, help me? That I might overcome those things like the Apostle Paul is talking about. Where he finally says, who's going to set me free from this? I thank God through Jesus Christ. 
Or do we continue to flounder in our own weakness? And oftentimes Christians choose to flounder. It baffles me, but yet that is oftentimes what happens. But we have to choose. We've got to say, okay, I recognize that I am weak in and of myself. And I recognize I've got some real serious areas of weakness. But I also recognize that through God, I can be an instrument used by him. I just have to be willing to be used. As we come down, look with me at verse 5 in our text, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Listen to verse 5. He says, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you? Except you be reprobates. This is a powerful verse for you and I as Christians. It can be affirming or it can be condemning. It can beat us up every day, or it can set us free in our daily walk. This verse is how you apply it, what it's going to do for you. He says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Examination, self-examination. He's saying, every one of us in our lives, it's good to step back and do an inventory, an examination. But you can't beat yourself with that every single day. In other words, you can't always be looking for the worst. But you do have to do an inventory. So there are some folks who every single day, they're never satisfied. They're never happy. They're never contentment. They never have the peace of God because they're constantly looking for the worst. They never come to a place where they say, thank, thank you, Lord. Remember how Paul said at the bottom of Romans chapter 7? Who is it that's going to set me free? I thank my God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Sometimes you have to step back and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, I'm not who I was. I'm a little better. Now, maybe you're not quite there. But thank you, Lord. For where I am. It's an important part of life. You can't every day beat yourself up. Sometimes you have to say thank you God. Thank you Lord. Thank you for the progress I've made. Look with me again at our text there. As we come down and he says. Well look with me at another text. Romans chapter 6 verse 13. Turn with me over there if you would. Well, I'll just read it to you. Romans 6.13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield, yield yourselves unto God as those that are, are alive uh, from the dead. You and I have gone from being dead in our trespasses and sins to being alive. And that self-examination of looking and recognizing that we are alive should bring us joy. I was, I, I was last week, Sandra Joe and I went down from Monday through Friday, we flew out Sunday night, went down to just spend some time in Florida. And while I was there, I was talking to a guy and I, we had a conversation. I just asked him, well, how are you doing? 
And Sandra Joe accuses me of never meeting a stranger, and she's right. I, I always like to just chat with people and get to know people. And so I asked this guy how he was doing, and he said, well, I'm doing better than dead. And I thought, well, there's a lot of truth to that. Especially if you're a non-believer, man, you are better than dead. Now for a Christian, maybe I could argue the other side because you'd be in glory. But for him that day, he was doing better than dead. And then he went on to talk to me about COVID and he had double, he had uh, COVID pneumonia and he was, had to be air flighted back to the United States, a huge story, but he was better than dead. You and I as Christians, sometimes it's good to just step back and say, thank you, Lord, I'm better than dead. Not that dead, but dead to our trespasses and sins. Before we were under the weight of our sins. But when we received Christ as our savior, he says, we have newness of life. Now, maybe you're still in the growth process of becoming strong in your faith and getting there, but Thank the Lord, you're better than dead. Amen? Amen? Thank the Lord, you are no longer dead in your trespasses and sins, but you are alive in Christ. Look with me again at 2 Corinthians 13, 5. He says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Are you better than dead? Are you now alive from your trespasses and sins, set free? Listen to what he goes on to say. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you? Except ye be reprobates. He says we have to prove ourselves sometimes. And to prove yourself, you're simply testing yourself. You're, step, you're stepping back and you're, okay, I've examined myself, but what's the proof of this? What's the proof that I am a Christian? That's good to do now and then. What is the proof that today I'm living a life that shows the strength and power of Christ in and through me? Or am I really just floundering off to the side here? Am I really just at the dregs, dragging along, unhappy, miserable, no victory, no strength, no hope, he says, what's the proof that Christ is living in and through you? Now, it doesn't mean that we don't face battles. We do. That's what Paul said. That's what the Bible teaches. It's not that we don't have our weaknesses. We do. But what's the proof that Christ is at work in us and through us? He says, prove it. Prove it to yourself. And you have to step back and say, well, where do I see God at work in my life? And to do that inventory once in a while is a very healthy and good thing. Where do I see God giving me my victory each day? Where do I see God encouraging my heart? Where do I see God guiding me, watching over me, protecting me? Where do I see the Holy Spirit reminding me, convicting me, prodding me? Each of us in our lives, yes, we do that, that examination, but it's really good for us to step back and remind ourselves 
Yeah, I see where Christ has helped me. I see where he has guided me. I see where he has strengthened me. I see where he has forgiven me and given me newness of life. I see him at work in my heart and in my soul. But then he tosses out the very last part of that verse. Listen again to what he says. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you? Except you be reprobates. Wow. He's tossing this out to the church in Corinth. He says, except you be reprobate, meaning being without faith, that it's not real. That it's just a show, it's an act. It's not genuine. Sandra Joe and I talk about this regularly because I've been in the ministry ever since I got out of college. I've seen many, many, many people who have walked, come to church for windows of time in their life and then just walk away. And I look at that and I think to myself, boy, we prayed with them, we ministered to them, both through good times and bad times. Were they genuinely Christians? Are they born again, really born again? There's only, there's only you and God who know that. Only you and God. Because we, we can all play charades when it comes to Christianity. We learn the right motions, we learn the right words, we learn to be at the right place. We, we can all do that. But the apostle writes here, as God inspires him to pen this, he says, don't you know? Don't you know? This morning I woke up at 5.30 and I was just laying there in bed. And to be honest with you, at 5.30 I'm thinking, man, I want to go back to sleep. <laughs> But I just couldn't. So I start praying for my church family. I start praying for my family. I start praying for people who, who I've led to Christ through the years who have fallen by the wayside or folks who are going through surgeries. I do that. I pray for all you folks who are in recovery. And I pray down through those things. But as I do, God reminds me of all those faces, all those people. Through the years, what sat with and led to Christ, prayed with, held their hands during hard times, who just walk away from their faith. And I'm so burdened for each one. Because were they but reprobates? Playing the game for just a little taste of Christianity. You and I, it's good for us to step back, understand that we are weak in our flesh. We have to draw our strength. Our very salvation is dependent upon Jesus Christ. Not ourselves. It's not a show. It's not an act. It's a genuine accepting of Christ and laying ourselves aside. And it is really good for us once in a while to step back and say, what is the evidence? What's the proof that I'm a Christian? Some time ago, I bumped into a guy who 
I've known for many, many years. Led him to Christ years and years ago. Came to church for a time. And that time passed and going about his business. And I said to him, I said, listen, man, I'd really love to see you renew your walk with Christ and come to church. And it made him mad. He looked at me, he said, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I pray. And that's all he said. And I can't judge whether he's a Christian or not. That's between him and God. But the proof, the proof is not there. The proof. Because there's something the Bible teaches us about our lives that is evident. That in and of ourselves we're weak. But through Christ there is power. So if our lives are weak and measly and, and we're struggling and we have no peace, we have no victory, we have no hope, we're not worshiping, we're not ministering, we're not caring for the poor or helping the, the orphans or reaching others with the gospel, if we're not doing the work that God has called us to do, what's the proof? All of us. So he tells us, he says, we need to thank God for Jesus Christ, our Lord. He it is that enables us. He it is that takes us through the darkest times. He it is that strengthens us. He it is that gives us the victory to be free, to be alive, alive in Christ. It's up to us to step back and say, God, in the midst of my weakness, I need your strength. I don't ever want to give up. I don't ever want to fall by the wayside. I want your strength. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we come before you and we thank you. We thank you that you offer to us the power and strength to face life. In its deepest and weakest moments, you are there to strengthen us and help us. Lord, I thank you that you give us eternal life. Resurrecting us from the trespasses that being dead in our trespasses and sins. Lord, I pray for us, each of us in this room, that we would do that self-examination, that we would look at the proof in our life. And if we need to today, help us. Help us to receive you genuinely into our heart and life. And then help us to genuinely walk with you day by day. In Christ's name we pray, amen.